Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, July 28th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. And joining me is Imran, the Don Khan. Howdy. Imran, can I say that your mm. beard is really making a presence? Like, it is it is coming in nicely. It is, it is strong. It is getting to the point where it's actually, like, a little ridiculous. Like, it is now officially at the point where food will fall in it and i will not realize that oh until no. i look into a mirror at some point and that's yeah. a, that's a snack for later that's pretty cool I mean, exactly two weeks later you find a lollipop in there in in an era of social distancing and isolation not a big deal i could just be like whatever food's there i don't give a shit no one's looking at me but if i were out and about like i'm i've had to the point now, now. Well, like that's the thing. Once and you got your mask on, you know, you get to hide all the. The press. mask doesn't cover this shit. This right, mask right. Is, the, like, like pops there. out the of the bottom, kind of, like here. Yeah. Yeah, I like that you've got this little. Like, it looks like you've got a morning swoop. Like, uh, you you just woke yes. up. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, that's Imran, awesome. if if I could pitch beard brushes. Uh huh. Because uh, Kevin was talking about this yesterday. We, we I have <laughs> beard comb. Oh, okay. And that looks like that's frankly doing a great job. So I'm I'll retract my pitch. <laughs> they're useful it actually like it it makes it go from like a tangled bird's nest to an actual like shape of a beard it really good. does and it feels yeah, it really, really nice works. i'm very relaxed right now i'm brushing my yeah. beard it's man it's I, I, feel attacked, thing to do. I feel attacked as the only person here without a beard and like i i tried to attempt it at the beginning of quarantine i was like all right this is giving me my time i'm gonna go through the shitty fa- phase of uh, uh first growth of a beard and then very quickly after like a week and a half, I gave up because of the itches. Um, and every periodically, every now and then, I'm like, "All right, maybe this time's the time." I just can't commit. You know, I just can't. I can't do it. Bless. I'm just saying, it's a bit of an adventure in this boring, boring time. It's the easiest thing to do because you don't have to do anything. You just have right. to let you it. You actually happen. do less. Yeah. Well, this is the thing that I realized is like it wasn't only the itches; it was the fact that like I felt if it, it felt weird, you know, like not. <laughs> shaving because i feel like it, was, it almost felt like i was letting myself go despite mm-hmm. like despite me doing it purposely right despite it not being like a oh i'm lazy thing or oh like i'm depressed thing right like legit i just wanted to try and let my beard grow and i was for some reason it was making me feel dirty. not feel good about feel myself gross. yeah it was making me feel feel dirty yeah, yeah. i mean that makes sense because like the, yeah. that's part of your routine right to shave and clean up mm-hmm. everyone likes feeling nice and clean you know what i mean exactly uh imran Speaking of your physical appearance, what is your shirt? Because I'm seeing the I'm sp- I'm seeing like the top the top part of it. I'm curious on what the actual this design is. Uh, Final Fantasy VI shirt. Oh, I like it. I appreciate the, it. The lightning is glowing just beautifully. Speaking of <laughs> yeah, Imran is looking great today. Imran, Imran we, we need to today. talk after this. I sh- I need to swing by your house and set up a nice little camera. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this and figure out a good time for that. Sweet. Enough about that. Let's talk about more confusion over Spider-Man Miles Morales. Cuphead surprise launching on PS4 and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show uh, housekeeping tomorrow uh, we're reacting live to the second marvel's avengers war table stream right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games that's happening at 10 a.m so the time that you would usually get 
kind of funny games daily we're going to be reacting to that and then you're going to get kind of funny games daily right after that of course with greg miller and gary witta imran are you looking forward to that marvel's avengers thing i know i know i think i've seen you talk about like how you're kind of hype on that game i'm i think because of like uh kamala and like yeah you know how how gameplay has kind of progressed since uh the last e3 showing we saw i think i am interested in playing it but i don't to me, it looks like the quintessential example of how you can throw $100 million into a blender and come out with nothing. Like, it looks fine. It just doesn't look interesting in any way besides the license. Yeah. Ooh, harsh criticism there. <laughs> I mean, it's, he's well, not I mean, we'll wrong. See. Like, in that, in that, I don't disagree. That's the thing that, that's the thing that we all kind of have in common here because me and Greg talk about it all the time that, like, we're very we're excited for that game. And that game is, it, like, for a game that we kind of expect to come out and be maybe a seven or maybe a six. Like, I think that I, I can easily see that game coming out and being an Anthem or even a fall, uh, Fallout 76 with less like controversy than those because those are pretty controversial because people expect a lot more. But I can expect this game to come out and be within that realm, but still be exciting for us because it's yeah. Avengers and because we love those characters and maybe even grow and be better over time. Yeah, I just want to turn on my TV and have it make Avengers sounds at me. So this is a game to exactly. do that. Yeah. And like, I mean... They, I, I, they're in a good place right now because I feel like they can only go up, right? Like, there's, I don't feel like there's anything they can show me tomorrow morning that'll make me go like, "Oh man, all right, you just unsold me on this game." Like, I feel like, I feel like all they can show now are like things that are like, "Okay, cool, this move that Hulk does looks awesome," or this costume for Captain America looks interesting. Like, I feel like they can only intrigue me from here. This is the place, like, in the hype cycle where I would start introducing new characters or new costumes, like stuff that has some fan service aspects to it. People are like, okay, yeah, I, I like that one Spider-Man variant. I'm going to buy this game. Exactly, exactly. So tune in tomorrow morning, and you'll get to see our reactions to that. Uh, later this week, of course, we're having a, a major funny. Uh, that means Thursday, you can join Greg and Major Nelson for We Have Cool Friends. Friday, Major Nelson joins Greg for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Uh, and then Saturday, Major Nelson joins Noek Mike, Gary Wooda, and Alana Pierce for the Kind of Funny X cast. Three days straight of Major Nelson content. Get hyped. Uh, that is all happening right here on YouTube.com. So it's kind of funny. Uh, YouTube.com says so kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and also podcast services around the globe. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Brooklinen, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's be with what is and forever will be the World Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Starting with our number one. Uh Imran, you remember back in June, so long ago, uh, when we had that that PlayStation presentation, and we Spider-Man Miles Morales was introduced to the world. We were all very excited about it, right? A new Spider-Man game that's focused on Miles Morales. Then the day after. We got a follow-up from uh, an executive over at Sony who was like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man Miles Morales is basically going to be just Spider-Man PS4, but with, like, DLC attached. And that made that made the internet blow up for a day until we got the confirmation that he was actually incorrect. What if I told you that there's even more confusion today about what the heck Spider-Man Miles Morales is? Lay it on me, bless. So I'm pulling this from VG247. Uh, Sony may have undersold Spider-Man Miles Morales. This is Sheriff Saeed. Uh, the confusion about Spider-Man Miles Morales continues. 
Spider-Man Miles Morales may yet include an upgraded version of the base PS4 game. The news this time comes from the latest issue of Game Informer magazine. In a special feature about PS5 games and the June Games event, the magazine states that Miles Morales comes bundled with a remastered version of Spider-Man. That's right, Spider-Man PS4. Quote, Spider-Man Miles Morales isn't a traditional sequel since it comes bundled with a remastered version of Insomniac Spider-Man that takes full advantage of the PS5 hardware, uh, it reads. Sony has not explicitly said whether or not Miles Morales comes with a remastered version of the main game, just that it's a new story with a new hero in the same city. It's possible that has been it's possible that uh, that has been the plan all along uh, to be announced at a later date, perhaps. Another likely explanation is that Game Informer could have been likely confused by the poorly worded statement uh, a Sony executive made following the event. A statement developer Insomniac later clarified, confirming that Miles Morales is a standalone game. Obviously, this doesn't preclude the existence of a bundle with the base game, possibly as a way to sweeten the deal or justify a $60 price tag. So Imran, Spider-Man Miles Morales, possibly getting a bundled-in Spider-Man PS4 uh, that is taking advantage of the PS5 hardware. What are your What are your thoughts? Do you buy it? So no, I don't buy it. I think based on what I know about the production of that magazine, that was probably written the day of the event and went into editing. And that was probably a chaotic issue anyway, because that was Andy's last issue. That was also the issue that like a number of people were leaving. So there's undoubtedly mayhem at the Game Informer offices. Mm. I I would bet that was just a thing that slipped through the cracks that did not get edited as well as it should have. And then now we kind of had the story from there. That said. I would not be shocked if this were actually like it happened to be true that there they do also include the a remastered <laughs> version of Spider-Man PS4 because like they've been showing off to demonstrate PS5 tech uh, Spider-Man as their example of like look at all the stuff you can do with this the new SSD the new ray tracing and all that as demos for Spider-Man so I if they did have a remaster ready that would be the game I would assume they do. Yes, and I, I'm I'm with you there. That I think this makes sense in the sense that if you if you did want to charge full price for Spider-Man Miles Morales, with the knowledge that this game is probably going to be more akin to a a uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy or more akin to a uh, infamous First Light, where it is smaller than what uh, Spider-Man PS4 was, if you wanted to go all the way, I think this makes a lot of sense. Um, especially because this is this is a thing that's like not unheard of, right? Like. I remember Spider-Man, or not Spider-Man, South Park, The Fractured But Whole. Uh, if you pre-ordered that, you'd get uh, um, South Park, the uh, Stick of Truth. Yeah, Stick right. of Truth uh, bundled in with that game. And so, like, you know, it's not it's not a crazy thought. Uh, the idea that, oh, yeah, Spider-Man PS4 is going to take advantage of the PS5 hardware. And, like, you know, that's going to be a reason for people want, uh, to want to show up and pick up Spider-Man Miles Morales at launch. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think... All of that would work and all of that would actually be pretty exciting. I don't know if it's real is like the one thing that I'd say. If I were Sony and I had that project ready, like I had a remastered Spider-Man, I'd be like, yeah, toss it in. Why not? But if you don't, if it has to, if it requires much extra work, I'd rather just put that work towards uh, Spider-Man 2 or whatever they end up calling it. So I... I, yeah, there was a recent era thread of that about this yesterday, and Schreier was in there, it, like heavily implying that Miles Morales is also going to come out on PS4. Who knows? But if that's the case, then it would be weird for 
PS5 to not have a remaster of Spider-Man as well. And they could just sell two, like, Spider-Man Game of the Year edition whatevers. Like, full, full packaged Spider-Man games on both consoles. I think all this also does beg the question of how is PlayStation going to do, uh, or how is PlayStation going to tackle, like, games that are previous-gen games that are either remasters or taking advantage of the new system. Because we know we know about backwards compatibility. We know we know pretty much how that's going to work, right? That's going to that's gonna boost uh, PS4 games or pre- previous-gen games in order to take advantage of certain elements of the PS5 hardware. But a game like Spider-Man PS4, for example, like that's a game that, like you said, they've been showing around. They've been using that as the example of, oh, hey, look at how the SSD can cut down load times. Oh, hey, look at how the hardware can do this or that. That's a game where I... I think that game would make a lot of sense as, hey, let's make some some sort of definitive or remastered version mm-hmm. on the PS5 hardware. Like, that makes complete sense to me. But how do they then do it? Like, because Xbox, Xbox in this sense kind of has uh, the advantage in terms of where we're at in the conversation in terms of how the two companies are, are handling both these things, where Xbox is very much on the consumer-friendly side of, hey, smart delivery will take care of this for you, right? Like, games that are taking advantage of the Xbox Series X, uh, uh, like, you know, in a bigger way that is outside of just the backwards-compatible kind of thing, like, you will get through smart delivery. You will get for free. You know, you will have both versions of that. On the PlayStation side, I don't see that being as clear-cut, which I think would lend lend to the idea that, again, Spider-Man PS4 bundled in with Spider-Man Miles Morales, not a bad idea. Um, But how does that then reflect the other first party titles and how PlayStation PlayStation looks at this overall because should I expect Horizon Zero Dawn to have a PS5 version? Should I expect Ghost of Tsushima to have a PS5 version? Or should I just expect those games to be back back compatible and just play them through that? I mean, yeah, it I imagine Sony is very deliberately trying not to have a policy because they want to have exceptions to that policy and that po- like yeah, we don't know if there will be a Ghost of Tsushima PS4 or PS5 version. I'm playing The Last of Us right now and I'm like you know, I kind of wonder if I should be playing this right now or just wait six months and see what happens. But at the end of the day, like, it does behoove Sony to be able to let new owners play their old games, but this time they're they're all in on backwards compatibility, so they don't necessarily have to make remasters. Whether they will or not is a different question. But Final Fantasy VII is a very good example because I'm I am positive there's going to be a PS5 version of that game because I'm I'm sure somewhere in Square Enix's offices they're going like why should Xbox and PC pay for new versions but PS5 should not so I bet that they do a remaster and I bet that pisses people off so there someone's gonna have to initially take that hit on hey we're not doing smart delivery we're just gonna make a new version and once they do that then it's going to be easier for everyone else to do it so why not let Sony do it. Now, a follow-up question based on the Jason Trier thing and based on the Reset Era thing. Do you think... What do you think? Do you think they're going to put Miles Morales on PS4? If I were Sony, I wouldn't. I would try to use it as incentive for the PS5, like, that. Uh, mm-hmm. I would not be shocked if they did. As far as I know... Okay, I don't want to say that. Well, uh, I know Miles Morales started development right after Spider-Man on PS4. I don't know on what console it started development on. So okay. theoretically, it could be like on a there could be a PS4 build of that game somewhere. Uh but again, for like business reasons, if I were Sony, I would say no. But also there's 120 million PS4s and 20 million copies of Spider-Man PS4 out there. 
if you want to make game sales, it's not a bad way to do it. I think that it, I'm kind of I'm with you on the idea that there could be a PS4 version of Spider-Man Miles Morales. That game could have started development on PS4. Um, like I think that I think that's a very plausible thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, from like a from a business strategy perspective, I. I don't. I don't think they do it. Like I don't think it would make sense to do it in the sense that one, Spider-Man Miles Morales is your big first-party game that you have on PS5 at launch, right? Like you don't necessarily want to get in the way of their like money the message or give people a reason to want to play on their PS4. I want to play that game on their PS4, and also I feel like that then, I feel like that then also muddies the message in terms of what we've seen how they like what we've seen from how they've talked about Miles Morales and how they've. Uh, um, like how they talked about how it take, takes advantage of the PS5 system, right? Like they've talked about the technical th- stuff. They've talked about load times. They've talked about uh, I can't remember if they talked about ray tracing specifically, but they've talked about certain hardware things that the, that Spider-Man Miles Morales takes advantage of to be to be a better Spider-Man game. If that game then comes out on PS4, I feel like that then kind of gets in the way of like, oh wait, so is this built from the ground up for PS5, or is this really a PS5 game, or how do we then? Like, how does the audience receive that? I think that is the reason they end up not doing it. Yeah, I I suspect that Sony, I they've made statements of, oh, we're doing PS4 exclu- or PS5 exclusives, but they never actually said, hey, we're not doing any cross-gen games. So I could reasonably believe that this would be like their one and done. Microsoft has kind of gone the other direction with it, is they said they were going to do every year of, like, they're going to do like a year or two of uh, all first-party games being cross-gen. And then, like, at the Xbox show, they kind of backed off that by showing here's this game is only Series X or this game is only Series X and PC. So I imagine both of them are trying to figure out the best footing for making a generational transition in an area or in an uh, in an environment where you it's kind of iffy what's going to happen next, like what it, adoption will be, how well you can actually ship or sell consoles in a retail environment right now. I can understand the hesitance to like really commit to one thing right now. So I'm not, I'm not going to stake claim either way on Miles Morales, but I think if I were Sony and I were trying to sell the PS5, that would be the game that I say, no, no, this is only PS5. Like, don't worry about it. Buy this console to play this game. And Ron, let's shift gears from PlayStation to Nintendo. Story number two, Animal Crossing is getting a new summer update. This is from Andrew Webster at the verge uh the promised second summer update for animal crossing new horizons is coming very soon and it brings with it some exciting changes according to nintendo the two big gameplay additions are the ability to dream and new fireworks shows meanwhile for nintendo switch online subscribers a cloud backup system is also coming so you won't lose your island for dreaming nintendo says players will be able to take a nap in any bed in their house quote while dozing off you may find yourself in a strange realm where you'll be greeted by luna Luna offers visits to other islands as a dream, and with her help, you can share your island as a dream with others, too. She'll grant those who share their island a a dream address, uh, which players can exchange and use to visit each other's islands in a dream. In dreams, nothing is permanent, because nothing you do is saved, so explore to your heart's content. End quote. The fireworks show will be a regular occurrence. Meanwhile, taking take, taking place every Sunday evening uh, in August at 7 p.m. local time. Players will be able to buy raffle tickets during these events to earn prizes. Perhaps the biggest part of the update uh, is the long-requested option for players to back up their islands via cloud saves. Here's how Nintendo describes the feature. Quote, Nintendo Switch Online members can, a- can enable the new 
the new island backup service, uh, which automatically uploads islands and user save data to the internet at certain times. If your Nintendo Switch system is lost or damaged, you may be able to recover your island paradise as long as you've enabled, you've enabled island backup. In the event of loss or damage, contact Nintendo Consumer Support and uh, or contact Nintendo Consumer Support about restoring the island and uh, user save data on your new new or repaired Nintendo Switch system. After your island data or individual and individual player data is restored, you can get back to building your island community. I am then pulling in a question from Sapphire, who writes into Patreon.com, so it's kind of funny games. It's like you can, and says, what's up, Blessing Imran? It's finally happening. Backup saves are coming to Animal Crossing, and I just want to know, why did it take this long? We know Nintendo is an odd company, but why not have this feature available at launch? We'd love to know what you think. Thanks. So, Imran, you play Animal Crossing, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you, and you're very much aware of, like, the weirdness with Nintendo not them not allowing for cloud saves with Animal Crossing up until now. What do you think took them so long? Why now? So they're weirdly precious about the economy of Animal Crossing, about item duplication specifically. Uh, they did this too with uh, Animal Crossing 3DS, where like originally you couldn't back up the the SD or the save from the internal 3DS memory to an SD card, which is what I ended up doing, and I ended up losing my entire town because it just wasn't oh allowed. And they ended up changing that eventually. But yeah, it's it's them being strange about item duplication, and it's so weird they care so much about that because no one cares, no one else cares that much. Like the items aren't that rare, and if you do really need one, you can make bells fairly easily, so it's not impossible to get like rare items. But this one is this one is weird because this is just a data backup and recovery and in a specific or a specific instance of if you lose or like your switch breaks then you have to call nintendo support and they will take care of it for you but if you let's say buy a new switch or buy a uh, handheld version like a switch Lite, you can't transfer it yet that's not a thing yet that's they still say that's coming later this year but you can't move your island from one console to another on your own I remember Brie Larson when she she's been doing this like YouTube channel. That was one of the things she was complaining about is she has a Switch Lite. She wants to sometimes just move the Animal Crossing Island on her Switch Lite, and she can't. They, I think that's still coming down to their weird economic thing of hey, we don't want anyone to do item duplication. And I think the resounding answer of the Animal Crossing community is fuck off. Who cares? Like just let us do the thing. Like anyone who takes advantage of that is going to be minuscule to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to you don't need to imprison all these other people in this weird save jail to stop that like small minority. Do you think this is them basically giving it up and being like, all right, you know, you guys win. We we understand, you know, y'all want this. Or do you think this is the thing they're going to do at some point anyway? They announced this uh just before launch, I want to say, when people were like, hey, this this not save thing sucks shit. So I I think this is them going like, okay, well, we'll go a little bit further. And also we have to actually like make it, but we're not going to go all the way like the cloud saves thing that you want. Because one, I that just seems too simple for Nintendo. Two, uh, I don't think they'll ever give up the ghost completely on that. They're going to find some way to stop it. Like at launch, there was a a glitch where if you were spinning something on a table and someone grabbed it then it just duplicates the item. That got patched out immediately, like within days. 
while there were still things about the game that were actually like still broken. So this is the thing they care strongly about in a way that mm-hmm. like Splatoon 2 doesn't have cloud saves either. And at this point, obviously, is not going to have cloud saves. So I I think there's just some things that I was going to be weird about, and they'll always be weird about that. The the dream stuff in the fireworks stuff I think is also interesting. Uh, the dream sp- the the dream stuff specifically because like that's a very I feel like that's a very Nintendo thing to be like oh yeah we're introducing dreams which that's gonna be your way of visiting other people's islands without having to like you know fuck around with anything right just using their their dream address. Uh, that seems like a cool thing. Do, does does dreams or fireworks do anything for you in this? I mean, no, because I only ever visit like friends or best friends anyway, people I know. I don't visit anyone's like random stuff. So the idea of, oh, well, this is impermanent, so I can just do whatever I want, doesn't really do much for me because the idea of impermanence in Animal Crossing doesn't, it doesn't jive with the way I play the game. I want to go to someone's mm-hmm. island and see cool stuff I like, I want. So I feel like this is an issue solved by the best friend, like the best friends uh, process, but. I don't. It, it seems cool. It seems like an. It seems like an interesting way, a good framing device on a problem I don't understand why they're trying to solve. But otherwise, it's a neat little charming thing. Do you have any like? Do you, what's your biggest ask for Animal Crossing right now? If you have one, because I know like I feel like Animal Crossing is this thing that like definitely has blown up this year. You know, especially with like stay at home and all this different stuff, right? But I feel like at this point in July has finally seen somewhat of a of a dip in terms of people just people aren't as excited about it as they were at launch and the months after launch right is there mm-hmm. is there a thing you think animal crossing can do i guess in the next few updates that'll get people to that same level of excitement or do you feel like that wave is kind of has kind of passed by now i mean i assume at some point they're going to do a massive expansion like they they've hinted there's dlc for this game so i there's stuff like actual items and things uh, on the 3DS, they released Happy Home Expansion as a Happy Home Designer as a separate game. I would not be shocked if they released it as a just like the main game here, like an mm-hmm. like an expansion game here. So maybe they do that. The main thing I want changed is it takes so long to do certain things, like just going to someone's air, like going to the airport and going to someone's village takes forever, and it doesn't need to. It like it can be a lot faster. You could get there in fewer questions or fewer toggles or whatever i would like them to start changing that or at least be like have an option for gulliver or not gulliver uh for the airport people to ask you like hey do you need like to just quickly go somewhere or anything like that or do you need us to give the whole spiel every time i don't think they won't because it's i think they won't because it's uh it's part of the game's charm but it's one of those things of we were talking about ghost of shima like watching the dual cutscene every like single time. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, that's cool a couple of times. It gets a little, you know, much every time. This one, you do it way more often and it still takes forever and they should they should look at minimizing the time you spend doing pointless things. Emron, let's get into story number three. And I, f- I feel like whenever me and you host together, there tends to be Ubisoft news. And I don't know mm-hmm. what it is about me and you, or I don't know if it's just a Tuesday thing where Tuesday happens to be the day where Jason Schreier wants to publish. But we have more reports coming out of Ubisoft for story number three. Um, there was a canceled King Arthur game. 
Uh, this is from Jordan Alleman at IGN. A report has service that claims Ubisoft was working on a King Arthur fantasy RPG directed by Dragon Age creative director Mike Laidlaw, which was ultimately canceled by Ubisoft's former chief creative officer, Serge Hasque. And I've, n- I've never figured out how to actually pronounce it. And so I'm saying Hasque because I want to be fancy. But uh, yeah, Hasque. Mm-hmm. According, to, according to Bloomberg, uh, Dragon Age's Mike Laidlaw was hired to direct the development of a new Ubisoft RPG known as Avalon. A, quote, big-budget adventure involving stories of King Arthur and his round table in a sword and sorcery fantasy world full of knights and legends, end quote. Alas, according to Bloomberg, sources familiar with the project, uh, Avalon was canceled by Ubisoft's then-chief creative officer, Serge Hasquet. Uh, Hasquet was apparently suspicious of the fantasy genre, telling, telling the team that if it was to be a fantasy game, Avalon had to be better than Tolkien, referring to the hallowed uh, Lord of the Rings franchise. The reports, the reports sources noted that Avalon was progressing well ahead of its cancellation, and that it featured a cooperative multiplayer world similar to Capcom Capcom Co.'s popular Monster Hunter series. In an effort to save the project, the setting was reshaped into science fiction and Greek mythology, but Hasquet was still unwilling to approve it, and it was canceled in 2019, with Laidlaw leaving the company shortly after. This isn't the first or. This isn't not the first story we've heard about Hasquet's involvement in rejecting pitch projects. The executive was also allegedly at the center of scrapping or minimizing female roles in multiple Assassin's Creed games. Um, and so, yeah, this is another interesting one coming out of Ubisoft uh, that we've had like throughout the weeks. And yeah, like again, it's re- it it all comes back to Surge somehow uh, when it comes to like projects that didn't get greenlit or like certain ideas right like that that haven't necessarily made it through and others that have when it comes when it comes to ubisoft games and i've i've been echoing this since the ubisoft ford that we had a few weeks ago that like yeah with with him not being the chief creative officer anymore i'm very curious now to see what games ubisoft uh you know has come out in the next four years let's say uh because i've also heard i've also like heard things about like yeah he'd be one he'd be able to green light or shut down games with like you know one sentence right like he has that he had that kind of power and so you get things like him not being a fan of fantasy games thus ubisoft not necessarily putting out a lot of fantasy games um and so this all kind of this all kind of lines up i don't know imran did you have any thoughts on it one that sounds cool as shit i would have liked to play that game because like there are other monster hunter likes in the in the gaming universe whatever you want to say but like there's no high there's not a lot of high budget ones and that that's I think is always like makes me bounce off like oh god what was the name of that that Dauntless. indie free to play Dauntless yes like that kind of made me bounce off Dauntless is like I want it to be look better and it also doesn't feel quite like Monster Hunter but I yeah. I would have liked to try this because this sounds cool I would have liked to you know cooperative multiplayer against some dragons that sounds fun but. I'm disappointed this doesn't exist and it does everything I've heard about Ubisoft of the last like couple of years has always been like, yeah, we had this great project that eventually just didn't make it. And uh, if you go back to God, I can't remember his name, but the guy who made, I can't remember the game naming, but my memory is just dying on me. Remember the UB art game that was like a JRPG style game with all the dialogue child of light. Yes. Yes. Uh, The director made it like he, Tease a child of light too in a an announcement of the switch port or something like that. But he eventually came out and said, like, yeah, stuff like that doesn't make it through Ubisoft anymore. It has to be a certain type of game to make it through to the green light process. 
So as this that picture starts coming together a little bit better, we start getting more clarity. It starts mm. looking like I doubt Sergei Hasquet was the only person who is like blocking all this shit, but he does sound like he took a very major active role in making sure Ubisoft games are a particular thing. And to a large extent, over the years, it feels like they've gotten homogenous and repetitive. And I I would have liked to see this because it would have felt like a diverse thing in their portfolio that does not feel that diverse anymore. Exactly. And again, like that then reflects what is their what are their games going to look like in three to four years or five years? Like that is the thing that very much excites me now. Also, is his name pronounced Sergey? Is it not Surge? Because I'm pronouncing it like the gym leader from Pokemon Yellow. My understanding is that it's Sergey. I might be oh. wrong. I mean, I might I'm gonna look into that now because yeah, I've been I've been thinking that he's a gym leader this whole time. Uh, I think that's the French so, pronunciation of that name, but I I don't know. I could be fucking wrong. Story number four: A uh, Cuphead is surprised launching on PS4 today. Uh, this is from Michael McWherter at Polygon. Cuphead, the stylishly animated run-and-gun shooter that debuted on Xbox One and Windows PC, is coming to PS4. Studio MDHR announced a PS4 port of Cuphead on Tuesday with a surprise twist. It's out today on the PlayStation Store. The PS4 version costs $19.99. Xbox fans are also getting an update for Cuphead. The developer is adding a digital art gallery, behind-the-scenes commentary features, and a playable soundtrack to the game. The developer did not provide a release date for the update. The studio is currently working on an expansion for Cuphead called The Delicious Last Course, or DLC for short, which was originally scheduled for release in 2019. Studio MDHR did not provide an update on DLC's release release date, other than to say the studio is, quote, still working hard on it, but it's taking us a lot, it's taking us a little longer than we thought. Maya Moldenhauer of Studio MDHR said that the game's DLC will be available on all platforms on day one in an interview with Jeff Keighley. Emron, this is very this is very exciting stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, this means that I'm going to replay Cuphead on PS4 and hopefully finally finish it because I got halfway and I got dominated by a boss. Um, but yeah, what's the boss? Do you remember? It's the it's the dragon with like multiple heads. Oh, that guy's super you're easy. Like, what do you do? Like really? Just, do, oh, okay. I, so got I played up. that. I played that game when it was like the charge shot was still broken, so I can't say super easy because like okay. I I basically played through with an OP weapon, mm-hmm. but I. I understand where you're coming from because I there was a point where I was like, oh fuck it, I'm done, and I eventually came back to it like a year later and beat it. I think I there's a mad scientist robot that was really kicking my ass. But yeah, see, I got I got to the one I got to the um like the carnival boss the carnival boss which was like the roller coaster one, and I was yeah. like, all right, certainly there's not going to be a boss that's more difficult than this one because that one took me a lot of tries to get. And yeah, I got past that one, got to the got to the dragon, I was like. No, I I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. This is too difficult. I never I never went back and beat it. Though I gotten really close uh, quite a few times. So this is gonna be an excuse for me to come back to it. Um, do you plan? Do you are you gonna play Cuphead again on PS4? Is that no, something that appeals to you? I I I beat that game once, and I think that's good enough for me. Uh, I when Delicious Last Course comes out, I'm gonna be hella into that. But yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'm just not that. I I don't feel like ever revisiting that game unless, for example. I co-opted it with somebody, that would be fine. But I don't think I got everything I needed it out of the first time. Damien writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hey Blessed Emron, with the news of Cuphead out on PS4 today, what do you think this could mean for the delicious last course that hasn't been discussed for some time? Could this release be the catalyst for an announcement to ensure the maximum install base? Could the DLC now get the resources needed to finish with PS4 out of the way? Or do we think a separate team was working on the port? Have a wonderful day, gents. 
this is an interesting question. And I think I have a few theories. I just think there's a lot going on with that property that's probably delayed DLC uh, mm. over and over again, right? Because like we got the announcement of it, I want to say like two years ago, and it was supposed to come out last year, and it's just not come out. And I think I think one, you know, they're probably working on this port. Two, we have we have the Netflix series that is being worked on um, that I'm sure Studio MDHR has probably some active involvement in. Um, and I I mean I think I, I think with all of that certain things take priority and i think both those things like the ps4 port and a netflix series probably take priority over a dlc which can probably come out you know this fall or next year and still get the same level of excitement and hype because it's it's cuphead and because people people want more content from that game yeah i i agree i imagine that like other stuff took priority but i also think that DLC probably takes a long time. The last time I heard about it, oh, they, yeah. they described it as like basically Cuphead 2. So I've been kind of waiting for them to like maybe drop the sh- other shoe on that and say like actually like like Hollow Knight Silk Song. Like this was DLC at one point, but now it's, you know, a sequel. I, based on what they're saying now of like it's coming soon, makes me think that like, oh yeah, no, it's they're still going to make it as DLC. It's still DLC. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It, Which, it, by the like, way, I, re- I realized last night that the the acronym DLC the like delicious last oh chord. yeah it's like I don't know how that didn't occur to me I don't know how I didn't see that for the last two years I mean they're they're clever over there they know they know yeah. what they're doing um, but yeah you make a good point there that like Cuphead takes a long time to make like even even the original Cuphead right like that game was announced I can't remember the year it was announced but it took a while for it to come out because mm-hmm. with with uh the style that they're going for was it announced in 2014 and then it came out in what 2017 yeah that sounds about right yeah and so like with 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 what they're doing with cuphead right and and what the assets look like and what like what that game is that takes a long time because they're animating everything right like they're drawing everything they're making they're 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 going for for a specific style that means that this thing is going to take forever and so Mm -hmm. that compounded with the fact that there's just other things going on that probably takes priority over the dlc i think means that yeah, that thing got pushed and pushed and pushed. And I, I mean, I think we should all still have hope for it. Like, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a case of it disappearing into the ether. I think eventually we're going to get that, that DLC. Um, but maybe you might have to wait like another year. Is probably my guess. Yeah, I. They said in the coming months they'll talk more about it. So I assume it will be next year ish. Maybe we'll drop with that. And I, I feel like it, it might have been you or somebody else that that um thought of this but it might it might drop with that netflix series right like that could be like a good synergistic was, yeah thing to do and they did also confirm that the dlc will come to all platforms which means switch ps4 yes xbox pc i i was thinking about this and like i kind of zoned out a little bit thinking about it like is cuphead the only guest character that's on every console has has his game is on every console in smash brothers i mean Oh, it's Smash Bros. Oh, he's a, he's a me costume, so not technically a guest character, but like Fallout isn't on Switch. Uh, Ezio games were the Ezio games on. Switch? Okay, so you're, you're talking about specifically like um, the me costumes. Yeah, so I was gonna say the Dra- Dragon Age hero. Um, oh, that's a good question. Vengeance. I mean, I was. I feel like Ezio. Ezio's gotta be on Switch, right? Kind of funny. Com slash you're wrong if you have info on that because like was Undertale on Xbox. Assassin's- Assassin's Creed 3 is on Switch, so Ezio's gotta be. Uh, Undertale on Xbox is also an interesting one. I don't know if it is. 
it's on PlayStation, it's on Switch for sure, it's on PC. I'm not sure if Undertale's on Xbox. Hmm. Yeah. Again, counterfeit.com slash you're wrong. Let us I know. It, I, I think it could be Cuphead, but I'm sure I'm missing somebody in my head. Let us know if you have answers on that because I'm now I'm very curious. Uh Speaking of things that may or may not be happening, though, story number five, that Hideo Kojima horror game that we talked about yesterday on the show may actually not be happening. Uh, this is a clarification from Junji Ito, uh, who we talked about yesterday. This is from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Junji Ito has clarified that he and Hideo Kojima have only discussed working together on a new project at a party and has apologized to both Kojima and the fans for offering potential false hope. Writing on Twitter, Ito explained that his discussion with Kojima took place at a party and was less of an offer than a passing remark from the game director. Quote, I said casually that I received an offer from Mr. Kojima, but in reality, it was a, it was a remark made at a party where he said, quote, if there is an opportunity, I may, I may ask for your help. I apologize to Mr. Mr. Kojima and all the fans to whom I may have given false hope. End quote. Cool. Like this, I think this is one of the the things that we threw around yesterday when we talked about it. That like, I I personally think a horror game from a Kojima would be awesome, and I somewhat I somewhat expect his next game to be a horror game because I feel like mm-hmm. that's something he'd want to do. But this is one of the possibilities we threw out there that like, yeah, this could have just been like early talks, or this could have just been like a passing thing. Yeah. Um, that Kojima so has isn't necessarily surprising. He has a tendency to do that of like ask people, "Would you like to be in our game?" and then like. It never materializes, or they like. I think Justin was one of the people. Stephanie Justin, like he asked her to be in Death Stranding, and then never contacted her again. So I, I expect that yes, whatever horror game he is working on will probably have Junji Ito. I, I would bet that it's still so early that it's not been greenlit yet. Yeah, like maybe internally, but not they haven't picked up a publisher or whatever. So this to me, it reads like it, Junji Ito, like not saving face, uh, just kind of covering his ground of going like. Yeah, no, this is not an official project. I'm not announcing I'm working with Kojima on a horror game. Yeah, I'm it's, not confirming anything. It just we're pro- we're in talks about a thing. Who knows? Imran, I'm really excited to see if this Hideo Kojima horror game actually ever comes to fruition. But the announcement for that is probably so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grop shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got Ageless for Switch and PC, Other Side for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, Cubers Arena for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Destroy All Humans for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, Demon's Tilt for PS4, Made of Skur for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Samurai Showdown Neo Geo Collection for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Grounded for Xbox One and PC. Mega Dimension Neptunia 7 for Switch. Lost Wing for PS4. Escape Game. Fort Boyard for PS4 and Switch. Rugby Challenge 3 for Switch. Interrogation You'll Be Deceived for Switch. Anatona for PC. Rocket Bots for PC. Schwerpunkt for PC, Inmaze for PC, Hellraisers for PC, Skater XL for Steam, PS4, and Xbox One, and then Cuphead is out today for PS4. New days for you. Uh, Pistol Whip has been delayed on PSVR by two days. It is now coming out on July 30th instead of today. Um, and that's a pretty funny one because we talked about that on the PSLU XOXO, which went live this morning um, for our new segment within a segment, uh, PlayStation Picks. You know, and I talked about how, how hyped I was for Pistol Whip to come out today. Turns out 
that's out in two days. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, also new dates, the Analog Pocket is coming uh, in May 2021. And it'll be available to pre-order for $199.99. So $199.99 on August 3rd, starting at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Spitlings is coming out uh, August 4th on PC, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch for $14.99. Uh, a new character skin pack is coming to Mortal Kombat 11 as part of the Aftermath expansion on August 6th. And then lastly, for new dates, Big Farm Story premieres on August 20th on Steam. Deal of the day for you. Beginning today, Twitch Prime is offering seven more arcade classics from legendary video game developer SNK as part of a special offer available exclusively for Prime members. Now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooklinen. You've probably heard us talk about Brooklinen before. Uh, they're the home of the internet's favorite sheets, but their towels, they're also amazing. They give your daily routines a little something extra, and with varying levels of plushness, the towels of your dreams is waiting to wrap you up. And with all this extra time at home, it might be nice to invest in a little extra softness and absorbency. Kind of Funny's own, Greg Miller himself, loves Brooklyn and towels. Uh, he says they're super, super soft and big. He also says that they, that they dry him off and cover his shame. If you've been looking for ways to turn your bathroom into a miniature spa, like I have, uh, Brooklyn and towels can help you find your zen. Brooklyn is the perfect place to, to find all your comforts for home, including ultra soft towels. They're so confident in their product that everything comes with a lifetime warranty. Use promo code GAMES for 10% off your first order at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code GAMES. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Imran. Yes. <laughs> Sapphire writes in to patreon.com. <laughs> that's kind of funny game. Very uncomfortable dramatic pause. We're like, oh, I know. You gotta yeah, love it. Bad. You gotta you have know, the dramatic pause. He's locked up and whatnot. You know how it is. <laughs> no, Kevin, you you good, man. You good. No, I just want to give you the time you need to do your thing, Kevin. Uh, Sapphire writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hey, Blessing Imran, with the Nintendo League conversation from yesterday, something I didn't realize was that besides source code for games, there was also a lot of personal information being leaked. Private conversations, notes, and even a diary, diary was leaked, which is totally not cool and clearly an invasion of privacy, even though all this was technically illegal. Would like to hear what you guys think about the personal information aspect of the leak, and if you think that Nintendo will continue to stay stay as quiet as they have been, especially in the post-leak world. Uh, thanks, Sapphire. Imran, you're the one who's up to date on all on all the leak situation when it comes to the Nintendo Giga Leak, as it's been called now. Um, are you aware of like the personal information stuff that Sapphire here is talking about, and what what are your thoughts on Sapphire's question? I mean, so yeah, there's been like. I can't, when people work collaboratively on, collaboratively on code, they will occasionally like put notes or conversations or things like that in there. And we're finding a lot of that too. Of like, I think in the Star Fox SNES code, there is a, a conversation between two developers that talk not great about women. So, like, it's, it's a little disturbing to know that. And some, like, there's QA commenters, there's stuff like that with names and the companies they work for. Uh, I think Dylan Cuthbert, who worked on Star Fox, uh, actually said, like, looking through this stuff is like looking through my personal diary. Because it's mm -hmm. it's a very personal thing for him that he never thought no one would ever actually see. So from that sense, yes, like, it is ethically murky, but it's ethically murky top down. Like, looking at all mm -hmm. this stuff is 
amazingly illegal. Like not on looking at it, it's not illegal. All of it getting it all was illegal. And yeah. the dissemination of it, as much as it is like very useful for a preservationist perspective, very useful for like just knowing things that we would otherwise not know, moderately ethically murky. And I suspect like if I were on the other side of that, if I were one of the developers who was contributing the code, who was making those assets, who didn't think anyone would see like the shitty programmer art I drew for Arxis or whatever, then I would feel upset based on how this is disseminated out there and is now like public information. That said, I I do think there is value to it that now that it's out there, that I'm happy it's out there and that it exists and now that we know things that we otherwise would not have known. Yes. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Like I think so much of it is murky and gray area, but I think that like I, I it's a it's a balance of two things. It's a balance of the fact that yeah, it is unfortunate that people's personal documents got out there and that sucks. And that's stuff that I I like I personally say should not have gotten leaked, right? Like if there's any if there's a way for whoever went in and, and leaked all this to keep that stuff out of it that probably would have been ideal because like nobody should have their personal information just put out there like that or their, their private diaries or whatever, just put out there uh, mm -hmm. like that. That said, I think there's also, and this is on the other side of the, the murkiness of it, right? There's so much value in here, right? There's so much valuable information from this leak. Um, there's an IGN article that I'm actually looking at right now that is the N Nintendo Giga Leak, everything we, we know, uh, and all the major discoveries, and it was written by, by Joe Scrabbles, who goes into explaining, like, okay, what is the, Giga, the Giga Leak? Like, how did it happen? And all this stuff, right? And he goes into talking about how, like, yeah, there's, like, as far as what's been found, right? Like, the Super Mario 64 Luigi thing is really cool for everyone, right? Like, that's a really cool inside look at a thing that didn't didn't come to fruition but so many people have had questions about and so many people have, have wanted to know about right like there's stuff about the canceled pokemon mmo in there um early, early stuff for zelda ocarina of time uh the prototype yoshi's island like there's so much in there that is valuable for us to know about and learn about and really cool for history and really cool for like what video games are especially from a company like nintendo who was there from the ground floor and they're like essentially shaping what the video game industry would be in the early days like yeah. so much of this is really cool for that but yeah like it all comes with this murkiness of all right yeah like when we're leaking everything we're leaking everything which means that yeah like you get unfortunate situations of people's stuff being out there i know for me if i was one of those people i'd probably be upset i'd probably, I'd probably be like yo like what the fuck man you know that's that's it's like leaking your like your uh work slack channel or whatever right like if it like that that's stuff where it's like all right these are private conversations and like you know it's unfortunate is is, is the thing like that'd be that'd be unfortunate uh i mean like if know, I were, for the people involved if i were a third party because so like nintendo famously keeps all of the third party source code they have for games published on their systems which is why like when square enix couldn't make a a they couldn't find the source code for secret of mana and Sega the setsu 3 and all that to make the collection they had to go to nintendo and nintendo had to give it to them that's why that game is exclusive to switch so it, it's important Nintendo keeps that, but if I were a third party and I knew Nintendo kept all this stuff that could be potentially embarrassing or potentially have proprietary technology that I don't want people to see, I would be very hesitant to give it to them. And yeah. that's, that's where this thing starts like going down the path of, oh shit, this is going to be a problem in the future. Because now we're looking at preservation aspects that may not be uh, entirely complete in the future because we can't trust that they won't disseminate to the wider audience. 
uh, there's a Pokemon data mining site that very famously they look at the code themselves. Like they, I'm, I'm not enough experienced enough a programmer to be able to tell you exactly what it is they do, but they do it by like breaking open the games that are publicly available. Mm-hmm. They had to shut down because now they don't know. Like whatever information they get, they don't know if it's going to be like somebody looking at it with like actual programming skills and figuring stuff out, or if they think it's somebody hooked the source code and they just like they obtained it illegally, and now is just breaking open all that stuff. So yeah, like we're we are getting knowledge of like what beta Pokemon looked like, but at the same time we're losing a pretty valuable resource of people who are skilled enough to learn how these things work just based on what they can see. Yes. Uh, to Sapphire's question here, right, do you think Nintendo will continue to stay, stay as quiet as they have been? I expect them to. Like, I don't really expect Nintendo to come out and comment on this at all because Nintendo, as a company, is very protective as far as their IP and protective as far as, like, how they talk about their IP and how, how outspoken they are about stuff that is internal. Like, you know, like, when you look at how they handle uh, ROMs being uploaded, uh, for example, right? And, I mean, it's a, it's a thing they should do because they're protecting, like, they're keeping people from stealing stuff that they're putting out themselves uh, for the most part. Um, you know, like, Nintendo Nintendo does not fuck around when it comes to that stuff. And so for something like this, that is so much of it being leaks and so much of it being stuff that is, like, you know, especially with the personal stuff, right? I don't necessarily expect them to come out and make a statement about it because that's not really the kind of company that Nintendo is. Yeah, they, I think they're going to just kind of ignore it and secure their own security and maybe try and like legally stamp down what they can, but yeah. they're not going to be able to because it's on, it's out there. Like there's an IGN article about it. It's the you can't put that genie yeah. back in the bottle. There's no there's not there's not really a way for them to fix this, right? Like they can't they can't take it down a YouTube channel or whatever. Like that with the thing that you'd usually do to stop this kind of thing. Like that it, the cat's out of the bag. Like it's yeah. all over the place. Are you playing that uh, Mario 64 thing I sent you a bless? Not yet. I want okay. to get into it. Uh, can you ex- explain for the people what that is? Because it's really cool. So this is not actually part of the illegal source code leak. This was people reverse engineered Mario 64 and started porting it to PC. And once you do that, you can start doing all sorts of crazy shit with it, like replace the models with what is identical to the SGI art from like the promo art for Mario 64 yeah. back in the day. So it looks better, like it runs better. I could see it. Like, so now that the Zelda source code is out, people were probably... Re- port zelda to pc port ocarina of time to pc and once they do that like nintendo will probably be less hesitant or more hesitant to port those games or remake those games going forward because now there's an existing pc version that is going to stand against theirs and it's completely free so like even looking at the mario 64 port that i like i'm playing it's neat i i bet nintendo who is rumored to announce a mario 64 port to switch is looking at that being like, God damn it. This yeah, is like, a, the like people now have this. They have a most likely a better version of this game that's like their main version of having on Switch is it's official and it's portable. And that might not be enough to get people to pay money for it. But like isn't I feel isn't that like a thing that could that would exist anyway? Like I feel like for I, I feel like we see so many and a lot of this is like recreations not based off the source code. And so that's probably the the, the main factor. But we see so many people make unreal recreations of Mario 64. Uh, like Unreal Engine, not like literally like Unreal, mm-hmm. but like you know, pe- people have gone in and and either made mods of Mario sixty four or like their own versions of Nintendo games that function you know as well, if not sometimes like in better or cooler ways than the original 
games. I, I feel like I, I feel like a lot of that is kind of akin to each other in terms of how Nintendo would look at it and be like, all right, how does this affect the remake that we want to put out? Like there there people are people have been making Pokemon games all day, uh, in terms of like recreating making like Pokemon remakes or making uh their own version of Pokemon games. Like that's not necessarily necessarily gonna stop us from uh uh remaking the Pokemon game, for example. I know it's Game Freak, which is different, but you know what I mean. I mean they get aggressive about it when it matters to them. Like they didn't care about another Metroid 2 remake for uh God mm-hmm. the seven years it was in development. But once it was out and they were about to announce uh Samus Returns, they yeah. cared real hard and they took that thing down. So this I think we've crossed a Rubicon of oh shit, there's so much information out there that it's actually getting easier to actually port these games in a almost perfect way from their original version, but make them better that I think it's going to become an issue for them and how they greenlight these projects in the future. Imran, now it's time to squat up. Hockey Singh writes in uh, to squat up uh, with a squat up on, P- on PS4 and says, I mean, I generally play single player games, but if anyone needs help in any FromSoft games, I'm always game. And so if you want to play some some, some FromSoft games uh, with Hockey Singh, uh, you can add them on PS4 with the username SSJ Four Trunks. That is SSJ Number Four Trunks. So like Super Saiyan Four Trunks is essentially the the the, the reference there. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, let's see here. Nanobot just writes in and says, um, "Okay, this is a PSL of you. You're wrong." Which you, usually I wouldn't I I wouldn't read, but I'm gonna read it because it's interesting, right? Nailball just writes in and says, you're wrong for PS to love you. Bless, you accuse me of not being a biologist. I am. And oh, I graduated bless. from Virginia he's, Tech. He's 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 microbiology. Your, phone, your, uh, your call was like all frozen. <laughs> you accused him of not being a oh, biologist. No. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay, so let me reread that, right? Uh, Nailball just talking about things i said on ps love you right he says bless you accuse me of not being a biologist i am and i graduated from virginia tech uh go hokies with two bachelor degrees a bs in biology with a focus in microbiology and a bs in nanoscience with a concentration in nanomedicine uh was one of seven to be okay now he's going on and bra- now he's bragging nanobiologist calm down if what you're saying is true i apologize you're a real nanobiologist are you happy one day, me, me, me and Nanobots are going to meet in the streets one day. Okay. Let me tell you, Kevin. To be Damn, fair. What you're saying is true. You don't even trust him, you know? To be to be fair to Blessing, Nanobiologist also comes with a year wrong later, and he misspelled biologist, which I feel like an actual biologist wouldn't do. Never. That's the first thing they teach you. They write it yeah. on the wall. It's, I, I've been in yeah. a biology class. He I mean, wrote biologist. So, I don't know. Kevin is wrong. Kevin is also a scientist. Uh, uh, blessing. Good. I've said many times I was a scientist. I walked away from that life. Let's see here. <laughs> a lot of kebabs writes in and says uh, Sergey checks out because the author of Tintin, Hergay, is pronounced the same way. Her- that's not. That's not a. That's not the way. It that works. sounds like solid ass logic to me, dude. I, that's I, not how is. spelling works. That's not the the English the English language is complicated. And I say that knowing that Sergey isn't an English name. <laughs> <laughs> the romance uh, language is complicated. Uh, let's see. Oh my god, Zeus oh, says Etsy Collection on Switch, but I didn't 
I looked it up and I don't see it anywhere. Like yeah, the official website it. just says PS4. The Rebel Collection is on Switch. That's I'm not... getting conflicted reports because yeah, I'm seeing one person in here. Oh Jesus says Ezio Collection is on Switch, and then somebody else is saying Ezio Collection is not on Switch. And so, bro, get that Switch and figure it out in the post show. You know what I mean? Let's figure it out in the post show. Uh, and then lastly, KDG writes in and says, uh, the Smash Brothers Mii costume is Altier, not Ezio, neither of which are in games on Switch. The only the only Assassin's Creed games currently on Switch are 3 Remastered um, in Liberation and the Rebel Collection. That's 4 in Rogue. So you couldn't figure out later, huh? You just listen. You just I, I start you reading you wrong, and I get look one of those I games. Get, I'm pretty you know, sure has Altair walking in like a dream sequence. That's AC2. Yeah, well, is, is that not in that list then? That's not on Switch. Are no. you sure that wasn't wasn't the 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 United States uh, Revolutionary War? Didn't that have one scene where Altair like has a flash, like he has like a flashback? No, I don't maybe remember. That was Ezio. I remember there's an AC2 section where you're essentially playing as Altair's balls. I'm sorry. His. Do you not you, remember? That where, is like, true. You play this as Altair true. and like you see him impregnate a lady and that's where his like story ends because it's all DNA memory. You know, yeah, that sounds really familiar. Also, no, yeah, I'm going to stop it there. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> one, more, one, more, one more you're wrong. Emmy Crunch says, uh, new date, uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 is coming to Steam on August 5th. So there you go. And also, Neil Bosch is now saying that the Altier segment you're talking about is in Assassin's Creed Revelations. That's it for Yurong. I'm cutting it there. No more Yurongs. I think we're going to wait for an actual biologist. As I speak. We'll wait for an actual biologist to write that in yeah. and see what they say. <laughs> oh, sick burn, dude. <laughs> Tomorrow's KFGD hosts are as follows. You're getting Greg and Gary Witta. And of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. <laughs>